Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. I, I was telling them, you know, there's a lot of times that guest speakers will come into the church. Oh, before I forget, see, I don't do this stuff well. Okay, we have t-shirts. I have t-shirts from, from a sermon. What does it say? Say it, say it. What does it say? I serve a curtain-cutting, earth-shaking, rock-splitting, tomb-breaking, death-defying God. So if you want one, please go get one. Karen, will you hold this for me? Thank you. All right, that's going to send my last two kids to college, so we need your help. Um, when, when guest speakers, you know, come, a lot of times they will prophesy to you that God is going to take you to the next level. God is going to do something amazing in your life. But I am here to tell you that God isn't going to take you to the next level. I'm here to tell you that God is inviting you to the next level. And whether you go or not is completely up to you. So before we get started, I want to pray. I want to pray that you hear the invitation of God tonight, today, to go to the next level in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, please take over my mouth, my heart, my thoughts. Let this word penetrate the spirits of your people. Let me be a part of helping them go to the next level and to be more like Christ in every single way. In Jesus' name. Now, the, the word level, to level up or level, is a term that you will get from gaming, and it refers to the advancing from one level of skill to another. And, and it means, you know, to go up, and I was telling the Del Rio campus in True Confession that what I'm about to talk about, I really know nothing about. But one thing I've learned as a speaker is that I can convince you I know what I'm talking about <laughs> because I'm going to stand here and I'm going to speak in slow cadence. Then I'm going to pause look away and then stare you directly in the eyes because even though I don't know what I'm talking about, you're gonna think I do. What I'm gonna talk about for a few minutes is gaming. I know nothing about gaming. I used to play Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Atari. That's about it with my skill and my gaming level. But I have five children and out of those five, four of them are boys. So I hear a lot of Ooh, ah, ah, from the other room and it's not because they're imitating monkeys but because they're killing something or smashing something or going to the next level. And so my son told me, he said, Mom, the thing about going to the next level in a game is that it's usually called EXP or XP. And he goes, it stands for experience. In other words, you don't get to just show up and look cute. You don't get to buy your way into the next level. What you have to do is gain experience. And he said, so what happens is you have to finish challenges, finish challenges, but finish, somebody say finish. Finish, right? You can't just say I've been challenged. You can't just go through a challenge. You have to come out on the other side of it. I think a lot of people, that's where we lose them. They never level up because they go into something and they don't know how to come out of it. They go into it alone and they don't come out of it full of Christ. They come out of it more alone or they stay stuck in it. They go into a bad season and they stay forever bitter. You went into a marriage thinking it was going to be amazing and you come out of it divorced, sad, and unforgiving. You go into a college thinking I'm going to change the world and you come out of it confused, doubting God exists and full of debt, right? You go into a relationship thinking they're going to be the one. He's going to love me. And you come out of it with your virginity gone, your heart broken and a reputation and disgust for yourself, right? You think to yourself, I'm just going to go into this situation. It's going to satisfy my need. And they don't come out of it 
coming closer to Christ, but more like themselves and more like the world. So if you want to level up, you got to finish challenges. You have to collect power up items. You have to solve puzzles. You have to do random tasks, random tasks. That means not everything's important. It's just some things, even the small things add up to big things. You have to just run. You have to hit that thing. This summer, uh, we went to California. I was preaching at a youth conference in California and we decided to go to Disneyland, Disneyland. And we went to Mario something. See, I don't even know the thing right. Everything was technicolor, but you could walk around and you just punch stuff because everybody in the game knows if you punch the question mark or you do. And so kids all day long just pound, you know, and a lot of you go, well, there's no point in that. Why am I just going like this? But sometimes to level up, you have to do just that. You know, it's sweet. You know, it's clean your room. You know, it's just be faithful to church. You know, it's just opening your Bible every day. It's those random tasks. Anybody wants to take the mic, but not everybody wants to work the nursery. It's the random task. You know, I have to, I want to be the boss one day. What do you mean I have to, you know, sit and, and file and type random tasks? That's how you get to leveling up. You have to fight enemies. You have to play a long time and you have to play a lot of levels. Experience is what helps you level up. And it made me think of this passage in 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That, to me, glory to glory, is leveling up. But you know what I've noticed is a lot of times people get stuck in the two. Glory to glory. And it is not God's desire for you to get stuck in the two. He's wanting you to go from one place to another, from one place to another. And it has nothing to do with two buildings and two locations. It has everything to do with what's going on in here, what's going on in here, and what's showing up in everyday parts of your life. Look what Proverbs 15, 24 says. It says, the road of the godly leads upward leaving hell behind. I love the way that translation puts it, or maybe the way the New Living Translation puts it, the path of life leads upward for the wise, but they leave the grave behind. So that's what God's offering you today. He is offering you an opportunity to leave hell behind, to leave the grave behind, to leave anything that doesn't go with you into the next season exactly where it's supposed to be, behind you, under your feet, in another space, but absolutely not in the next level. Are you with me? All right. Oh. Okay. I've got a camera you know nothing about that's already been attached to you when I hugged you. I'm going to watch how you are when that football game comes on. So do not. Amen. 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 There you go. I need you I'm just messing with y'all. All right, we're going to read about two people today that leveled up. We're going to read a story that you probably have heard many times, and I'm going to run, I'm going to jump in and out of scripture, so I encourage you, as always, don't ever just take what happens or said from this pulpit or any pulpit. You always go back. You go back to your word. You check it out. You read it for yourself. Your pastor has no desire for you to follow his words. He has every desire for you to follow him as he follows Christ. And he follows Christ by getting in the word. Amen. So Genesis 22. Abraham, as you know, and Sarah have a son, a promised son named Isaac, after being barren for many years. And so God calls Abraham at one point to 
sacrificed his son, and we're going to read about that. Sometime later, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in, a di in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Can I just say this? I just right now caught this. He, it says on the third day, he saw it at a distance. You know how many people just never get there simply because after three days, they still aren't where they want to be? Somebody in here, you just need to hear that. You are thinking, I thought it would be better by now. I thought it would be easier by now. I thought I was going to have what I want by now. And especially this generation. My parents' generation, they took a job and they were there 50 years later. This generation, if they are not bossed by six months, they want to break up with you on social media. It's like, you never even showed up for work, you know? And so here is some of you, can I just encourage you? All the best things from God will, will come with a challenge and you've got to be able to hold the course. Amen. It says, it says, on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance. He said to his servants, stay there with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Ab Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And I just think when I hear this story, I probably find stuff too funny sometimes, but I just don't, do you know any teenager that would answer like that? I've had five teenagers in my house. It's not like they're, oh yes, you know, like let's just walk. Father, <laughs> father, where is, where is thou sacrifices? Like nobody, the kid would not do that. And he's like, well, son, just do what I tell you, and we will find the sacrifice. I think he was walking and like, why he just asked them to stay behind? Dad? But I will say this, parents, without even saying it, this shows you a lot about Abraham and his son. It shows you that he taught his son from a very, very early age, obey. Yeah. Obey. I know we don't think it's a big deal when it's two, when they're four, it's cute, but when they're 15, it's not. And if you don't teach them at this age to obey, you have no idea what it's going to bring 10 years from now because you have no idea if God's going to call you up and he's going to ask you to take your son with you. Amen. And you don't want your kid to go, why do I have to carry the wood? How come I have to go with you? How come we're getting early? Can we go in the afternoon? I'm just saying. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went together. When they reached the place God told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He found his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Silence. No word about what Isaac is doing here. Not a word. I'm thinking he gave him a game board, some kind of system. And he's like, he probably doesn't even notice he's laying on the altar. He's playing his iPad. Just. Sorry, I just, okay. God loves me. He does. He reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. 
Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy and do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and and through your offspring, all the nations on the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Man, what a powerful story. I mean, to be quite honest, guys, I think a part of us understands it's a teenager. I might be willing to sacrifice a teenager. I can kind of get that picture. But if you've been praying for a long time for this child, if you've been believing for this miracle, I mean, anybody would be willing to pass off a burden. But if you see this thing as a blessing, if you see it as yours, a promise, if this is the way that you feel like God is going to bless beyond you and now all of a sudden God is saying do you want the blessing or do you want the blesser oh and so we're looking at this story and you go well what's the point about leveling up well the thing is that for Abraham to become who he was going to become he had to be willing to go up that mountain that mountain that ability that decision that willingness to go up one level even if it cost him made all the difference and it's why you and I today get to walk in relationship with God and I just wonder if one man's decision to level up changed the world what would one decision from you do could it possibly change your world could it possibly change your family line could it possibly be the thing that finally breaks the generational curses off of your children I'm saying God is inviting you today to level up and what I learned from this story is that we can't have next level living with now level faith You are not going to change this world. You are not going to bust out of the walls of this building. You are not going to transform your marriage. You are not going to get free of pornography. You are not going to break off your addictions. You are not going to stop being angry and punching walls unless you are willing to believe that you were created for more than who you are today. That's just the truth. Some of you, you can't see past your own arm. And God is saying, if you're going to get there, you cannot be looking at here. If he had been looking at here, let me tell you what Abraham would have done. She's going to kill me if she finds out I'm taking this kid to kill him. (laughs) If if he would have looked at his here and now, he'd have been sleeping past the alarm and he would have just stayed comfy in his bed. But he wasn't looking at the here and now. He was looking at the promise. He was looking at God, what God was calling him to. And I'm just saying, if you want to get to the next level, you're going to need next level faith. High level climbing requires a high level commitment. You don't go, nobody, oh, okay. This is going to sound like I'm tossing out stuff. So when we were in Hawaii, when we were in Hawaii, we, I should have brought the pictures. They, they wanted to climb up this one mountain and all my kids and my two younger boys were small at the time. And so I volunteered as tribute to take them to Walmart. Yes, I went to Walmart in Hawaii and I drove around. It was beautiful. But my husband and my older kids went climbing up the mountain. And my husband looked like when I when I came to pick him up, he looked like death walking. He's like, I do not know what I was thinking. 
He went up there thinking, I can do this. And he said, there came a point where I had to sit and slide my butt down because it was so hard. Some of us, we want to go climb a mountain, but we don't want to make, make the preparations to get up that mountain. If you are going to change in your finances, you want to be debt free? Pastor, I want to help. I want to help pay for this building, but you won't even tie. Like, you have to stop paying for the shoes at Ross every time you see them. I know they're $18, but you've gotten 17 pairs of them. If you want to have a high-level commitment, I mean, you're, if you want to climb high, you're going to have to have a high-level commitment. And the problem is that we want a high-level God with a low-level gospel commitment. God, I want to be used for your glory, but you won't read your Bible. Father, I just want to lay hands on the sick and call them healed in Jesus' name, but you won't even show up to church. Father, I want to raise the dead, but you can't even get out of bed. God is calling us to shift and to change. Church, we are living in the time where if all you do is go to church, you are not being the church. The church was never meant to be in a building. It was meant to be walking around in everyday life. You come to the building. You know why you come to this building? You don't come so the pastor can encourage you, part of it. You don't come so the pastor can just challenge you, part of it. You are coming to be equipped to rip open the gates of hell. You don't go to war taking with you a Chewy and some Fruit Loops. You got to go with a gun. You got to have some bullets. You got to know how to use it. I remember before I was saved, before I was saved, I was hanging around some friends. Is there any teenagers in here? Please don't be this stupid because I was stupid. And we were drinking. We're like, let's shoot cans. So they gave me a gun, shotgun. Threw the can up, but not a shotgun, some kind of gun. See, it was pointy. And I went like this. Boom, I shot it on the ground. I didn't know how to use that gun. And a lot of us as believers, we're doing the same thing. We don't know how to use the word. We don't know how to use our faith. We don't know how to use what God has given us. And we don't want to pay the price to use it. We can't go higher into a higher level if we have a low level commitment. You are not going to fix your marriage just coming home at night. You are not going to get on the first string of the team just showing up to practice. You got to come with an open heart, with a willing body. You have to come with an attitude that looks like you want to be there. And not just you want to be there, you want to get there. Only people who are willing to obey, pay the price, make the sacrifice, and give their all will survive at the highest levels. That's why he couldn't take the servants with him. That's why he couldn't just take anybody with him. He had something God commanded him to do, and he didn't know how he was going to survive. He didn't know how Isaac was going to survive. All he knew is that he served a God of miracles, and if he could give him the child, he could give him the child back. We need some people who have that kind of faith. The next thing I learned from this story is that next level living will require obedience because it will require sacrifice. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice, but you cannot get to sacrifice without the obedience, not the kind that matters. You can sacrifice all you want, but if it's not born out of obedience, all you're going to end up is feeling used, tired, and frustrated. You can pay all the money you want to the church. You can serve and stack every chair, and those things are great. Please, please, I hope your life is poured out in this building and beyond for the glory of God. 
But if all you're doing is doing it out of sacrifice, but then you go home and you have no desire to be with God, you just want to do for God, you have no desire to read his word, you just want to make it look like you do, you're going to wake up one day blaming the church and saying they hurt you and used you and you're burnt out. And that is not God's intention for your life. He's not saying don't do it. He's saying be obedient when you do so that when you make that sacrifice, it will be worth it. And here's the problem. You cannot go higher. You cannot go higher and be led by your feelings. Listen to me. If you are under 30, you need to hear this. You will never go higher being led by your feelings. If we had to go to war right now with a bunch of 30-year-olds we'd be and under, we'd be having to stop every five minutes to give them a safe space. God is your safe space. He is your safe space. I'm just picking on all of you under 30 because I'm one of y'all <laughs> by faith. Why are you laughing? That you laugh. That you respond. I'm just messing with y'all. But we, 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 it's crept into the church. It's crept into the church that we want everybody to care about our feelings and about where we sit. It's crept into the church that, God, you don't know I'm depressed today. Why should I have to give up my, you know, my time and go pour into somebody else? Well, I don't know. Maybe because if you're pouring into somebody else, it's making room for the living water to flush through you and flush out depression. I mean, we, we cannot, you're not, you're not. If pastor just gets up here and goes, come on guys, we're going to build a building. You're going to be like, woo, until you have to keep what you vowed you'd give. So if you're following everything according to your feelings, you'll stop. You don't get up every Monday morning and go to work because you feel like anybody, who, who, who does? You're going to be married at some point after a couple of years of vowing to love each other forever. And you're going to think, what was I thinking? I, we're 30 years married. We didn't get to 30 years married because we love each other. We got to 30 years married because we love God. <laughs> My husband and I always tell each other, like, we always say this. He loves God more than me, and I love God more than him. We have to. Because you're going to have times where you don't feel what you're supposed to feel. But your faith is higher than your feelings. You're called to do something. I, I told the first service, the, the other service, I'm, like, I'm not calling you to be a hypocrite. I'm not calling you to be fake. I'm calling you not to fake it, but to faith it. I'm calling you to do what God says, despite what you feel. And you will be overwhelmed at how obedience pours out blessing, opens doors, gives you favor, empowers you. Guys, I'm telling you, I am telling you, I, you know when I feel like Wonder Woman? When somebody like really does something that makes me angry or makes me, or I'm really hurt and I'm able to just like love them anyway. <laughs> and it's, I know it sounds funny, but I just feel like, Jesus, take me now. Cause I can't promise I'm going to be doing this in, in about three minutes. <laughs> I feel like God about I don't know, 18, 16, 18 years ago, I went to Dearborn, Michigan. Dearborn, Michigan is the largest Muslim community in the United States. You go there and it is like you are in a foreign country. And I went with a team of people. We were doing a missions trip and we had nine girls and two boys going into an area that's strong Muslim and you got women. And one of the guys' name was Israel. It's a whole other story. And so, so we get there, and this was during the time, I don't know if y'all remember this, when the whole Northeastern board went out, like, all the power went out. And so here we are in Michigan, true story. I plug in my blow dryer and it goes in the house. And I was like, I shorted out the whole house. 
No, we lost power. And so we were supposed to be doing outreaches. We were in Michigan having to boil water and not flush toilets. It was like a real mission trip. And so we're there and we finally, we're going door to door and they will not open the doors. And every time we walked down the streets, they would send their wives, get inside. We met 50 year old, we met girls that were like 17, married to 50 year old men, brought over from the Middle East, were not allowed to work, were not allowed to leave the house, were not allowed to get an education. They were brought to be wives to 50 something year old men and just have babies and reproduce in the Muslim faith. And so while we're there, it starts getting crazy. There comes to a point where we're out in the middle of a park and, and the imams, which are the priests, are running around the park and they're screaming, you're a cancer. And we're doing worship in a pavilion. And all these guys, like 50 guys that are like in the 30s or under, come from over a basketball court area. And we have grown men in the United States hiding in kids' jungle gyms, trying to hear the gospel because if their leaders see them, they'll get in trouble. And one of our young guys says, if you're sick and you aren't healed today, I will stop preaching Jesus. And I was like, <laughs> and I, I should have been like, that's right. And I was like, but I thought that's faith. And while we're there, they start like almost like not full on writing, but getting real angry. And I told God, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I'm in the United States. I'm worshiping in front of a, a speaker because they're trying to knock our stuff down. They have a group of like 20, 13 year old boys that age riding bikes trying to knock us over. And I'm sitting there and I just start praying and I feel the Holy Spirit come upon me and God says, Penny, you are not safe because you're in the United States. The cops couldn't get here quick enough to save your life. They could kill you before. I, and I, he goes, I'm here. And so I start praying and I'm like, God, shut the mouth of the lion. And I felt so strongly, so strongly that anything I said, God would have done it. And I literally go, God, don't kill him. I just mean silence him so we can preach. And I started to feel like I'm going to die here because it was scary. And in that moment, it didn't care what I felt like. Here I was, I was ready to die. And I thought if I die and my children know that I died preaching the gospel, it's all I want. That's all I want. That my feelings went right out the door because grace was there to accomplish the task. Come on. 10 minutes afterwards, I was like, what was I doing? What was I thinking? What was I thinking? If you follow your feelings, you're always going to fall short of the next step. If you follow your feelings, you're never going to get where you need to go. And we have to love God more than where we came from, more than what, we, what can come from us, and more than where we're going. Listen to that. Listen to that. Abraham had to love God more than what his father had taught him. And I wonder how many of you can't get past that you're a Mexican and you're the man. And I'm not going to raise my hands because I think that, I mean, I'm, I'll go to church, but I'm not going to praise God like that. That's like how girls do it. How many of you, you cannot give your husband peace because your daddy didn't do it that way? How many of you want this church to be like the church you left that you got mad at? Oh, yeah. Did y'all feel that? Like, oh. I literally felt like, why do you go there, pastor? Get the car ready. Get the car ready. You have to love God more than where you came from and more than what comes from you. He could have said, this is my blessing. Okay, let's make it practical. You're not getting it. God, I'm good at singing. What do you mean I can't be on the worship team? God, I am gifted with the arts. I am gifted with graphics. What do you mean I need to go to the nursery? 
You know, we have a policy in our church. I, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody, Karen will tell you because she's on our worship team. You cannot get onto our worship team unless you have served six months in another ministry. And then we still require that you sometimes jump in and help with the nurseries because we don't have time for prima donnas on the stage. I'm just saying, you have got to love God for more than what can come from you. Pastor, I'm a good preacher. Give me the mic. Go out to the street, reach the lost. But I would do better if you gave me a mic. You won't. We know we've heard you. Just get out there and reach the ones who will listen to you. Get the car ready. Please get the car ready. And you have to love God more than where you're going. What if you have a dream? What if you have a dream and that dream involves you living in a really expensive house and looking like all the Instagram families? And yet the problem with that dream is that it means your husband doesn't get to be home because he's working to pay off the bills. Your children are exhausted because you have them in every sport so you can take those pictures. And I just wonder, could you do what Abraham did? Some people simply won't go higher because they won't obey and they won't let go. Sacrifice, some people are willing to sacrifice. Oh yeah, I'll give you money. Oh yeah, I'll I'll do it. But they're not willing to obey. Sacrifice is hoping our way will work and obedience is faith that God's way will work. Here's why, because obedience requires no reason, only a response and it's followed by great reward. We don't live in a day and an hour where people obey anymore. But next level living won't happen without it. We have to leave behind what can't go or what won't go for us to embrace what will make us great in the eyes of God. And God said he will bless you because of something, not before something. So we go, God, if you would bless me with a lot of money, I'll give more. God, if you will give me a hot wife, I'll be faithful. God, if you would just give me the job I want and I will lead people to Jesus once I'm the boss. But God is saying, I will bless you because of something, not before. And he tells them, because you've done this, because you didn't withhold your son, because you obeyed, I am going to make you a great nation. I am going to fill in the blank. We want God to give us the harvest without first giving us and trusting us with the seed. And so today I want you to ask yourself, God, what am I asking you for a harvest, a seed I haven't planted? It has nothing to do with finances, but you might heal your marriage if you would start being nice to your wife. You might heal your marriage if you would start honoring and respecting your husband instead of expecting them to do it. You ever, no, I'm not going to go there. (laughs) Ladies, y'all think I'm going to talk about men because I was going to talk about us. I wouldn't say that. But you know how many times ladies will say, like, I just want my husband to serve God. And then he shows up to church and gets on fire and is like, pastor wants me to go with him to to Del Rio too. Well, who's going to help me with the kids? (laughs) And uh, pastor wants me to go to this men's conference. I need to stay late because we're working with lights. You haven't even fixed our fence yet. Like we are sitting here asking God to give us something, but then when he does, we don't appreciate it. We want him to give us great children, but we don't want to show them about God. Okay, I'm going to say this just because pastors need somebody else to say it. If a football team gets your faithfulness and the house of God doesn't, something's wrong with your walk with God. My children, my children are in sports, but they have a, they, we have a rule. You are not going to miss any church for a game. 
or a practice. We have two services, so I might every once in a while let them go to one service, but it's not gonna happen because when it's all said and done, my children will stand before God. Very few of them will actually get to be in the NFL or in the NBA. We need to raise up children who understand priorities. So we want to go somewhere, you got to be willing to do something first. Okay, yeah, pastor, never mind, never mind. I was all for it at first, but this leveling up stuff doesn't sound fun. What if I don't want to go higher? The problem is that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, he set the precedent that when God calls us higher, we go. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.14 that he ascended to heaven. He ascended to heaven, and so did Abraham. He ascended higher and left people behind in the process. So that tells me this, that if you are simply a servant, they will stay at lower levels. But only servants who are sons and daughters have an open invitation to go higher. He asked Isaac to go with him. He didn't ask the servants. Some of you might be wondering in your heart, why doesn't pastor, why don't they give me a chance? Are you a servant or are you a son? I want you to ask yourself at work why you are getting passed over for promotion. Instead of saying it's because she brown noses, you need to ask yourself, am I acting like a servant or am I acting like someone who will inherit this place? Because when you start to carry yourself like a son, you will automatically or should automatically have a true servant's heart. Not, not a spoiled brat's heart but a servant's heart. And speaking about that, Pastor and I were talking, because I kept having this feeling like this is a place for prodigals. And he said, we have an anointing for that, that God's raised up prodigals. But I want you to think about the story of the prodigal son. There were two sons. One stayed home. One went off and squandered his wealth. And the other one, when, when he came back and the father celebrated, was like, why are you doing that for him? But if you look up the word prodigal, it does not say someone who leaves the house and blows the inheritance. The actual definition for prodigal is someone who is wasteful with their money, possessions, or their life, talents. So the question is, who is the true prodigal? Why do we always preach it that it's the son who took off and squandered stuff? Which is worse, to be so dumb you don't get what you have that you take off and blow it? or to be in the middle of blessing and abundance and not appreciate it. To be living in the house and have everything and still not get it, both sons squandered. And so I just wonder if there's anyone in this room that is sitting here with a talent, with a gift. You have something that God wants to use, not just in this building, but out there. You have something that could change the world. You have something that could transform people's lives because of what Christ has done in you. And you think, what am I going to tell them? I've had abortions. What am I going to tell them? I've had two divorces. How can I tell anybody not to do that? What, what am I going to tell them? I used to I have a record. That is a gym for somebody else, for somebody to know that you overcame and you're sitting there thinking they're gonna look at you differently. That is life to somebody. Do not be in the house having everything and not recognizing that you're in abundance and missing the blessing of it. Look at Eve. Eve was in the garden, this beautiful, perfect garden, surrounded by everything she could ever want. And there's a tree in the middle of the garden with one fruit she's not, well, not one fruit, but fruit she's not supposed to taste. And what does she do? True to human nature, she walks past everything beautiful and wants the one thing she can't have. Her eyes are on the lack and not on what God has blessed her with. Her eyes are on what she can't have and on what instead of what she's been entrusted with. Guys, think about it. 
How many of us are blowing past our wives because we're staring at the thing that we think looks better than her? How many of us covet other people's kids who are obeying and serving? This is a true story. I'm gonna tell you about my daughter. My, I have, my children are amazing. When my daughter was around 12 years old, we were, part of, we were serving a part of a big ministry. I was associate pastor there. And we had flags and the whole thing. And I noticed that she started hanging out in the back with her little friends and they would flag, but then they were just giggling and talking. And so I was like, Michaela, I don't want to see you back there talking. This is God's time. This is God's time. I can't make you worship him. But what I can do is say you will at least give him respect. And so I kept telling her and she would be like, I'm talking with her friends. So one day, this is me. Y'all are going to get my, you're going to get her view. I'm in the front worshiping and I'm glancing back. <laughs> so she's already been warned. So then I did this. Everybody in between was like. My daughter and I, and so I head back to the back. That's it. I'm going. Mom is coming. I'm hot. And she's like this. And as I'm walking, God tells me, Penny, don't talk to her like mom. Talk to her like Pastor Penny. Because mom is Penny. Pastor Penny is holy. And so I went, and I walked up to her, and I said, Michaela, God wants you to know he misses your worship. He loves the way you worship with flags. And, and I just kind of spoke into her and she was, cause she was like, she thought she was gonna get it. And she's like, and I just turned around and walked away. And I glanced back and I saw her. And she started worshiping. Had I chewed her out, that would have killed everything. And we covet other people's children who are worshiping, but then we're we're treating them like mom and dad instead of souls that we could speak life to and inspire. I'm telling you guys, go higher. I want to talk to you just very quickly about Eve. I mean, Eve. I just talked to you about Eve. Eve, Sarah, Mary, they're all biblical. Uh, in Genesis, the Bible says, I call chapter 16 of Genesis, sister played herself. That's, the, that's what I call it. Say, sister played herself. If you read chapter 16, it says, now Abraham, Sarah, Abraham's wife had become, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You read this and you're like, he agreed. There was no like, what? There was no what are you talking about? No resistance, no saying, woman, you don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to follow a Jezebel spirit. Are you kidding me? Uh-uh, I'm the man of this house. You don't tell me what to do. No, it's like, he agreed, okay. I'm like, uh-huh. And the Bible says, she gets, she, he goes, has, you know, has a baby. And his wife took the Egyptian slave and gave her husband, to, and it says, he slept with Hagar and she conceived. And when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. And then Sarah said to Abraham, you're responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms and now she knows she's pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abraham said. Do with her whatever you think is best. And then Sarah mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. And I'm just going to be honest with you. She sounds more mad that her servant is mistreating her than her, the fact that her husband slept with her servant. That, that's how you know girl needed work. She needed a counselor. And I guess I just need to tell you this. 
You're never going to level up if you're hooking up or shacking up or acting up with someone who is a level down. You're just not going to. You're not going to grow in God if you're hanging out with the people who are gossiping about the church. You're not going to ever get that promotion. You're not ever going to get free of drinking if you feel like you have to hang out with your cousin who you've known forever and he gets you drunk since junior high on. You're just not. You're not ever, ever going to get free of talking that way or thinking with hate if the music you're listening to is pouring into you over and over again, things that hurt God's heart. She's sitting here and I'm thinking, she, ladies, she caused this. And then she's like, we're like, my husband never helps me. But every time he does, he washes, he cleans, and then we go, you didn't do this. Or you didn't do it right. And so she's sitting here mad at a world she created. You're never, ever going to level up blaming other people for, for why you're a level down. You're never going to level up mistreating people for wrongs you feel you have suffered. She was blaming him, but it was her decision. I had a lot of stuff happen to me as a child. But I'm telling you, nobody hurt me more than me. I was hurt, but I turned to drinking. I was hurt, but I turned to boys. I was hurt, but I turned to anger. I was hurt, and I turned to every single thing other than God. And so I can stand up here and go, well, it's because my father. Well, it's because my mom didn't. It's because that guy or those people. But the bottom line is that you serve a savior who can heal every wound, not just the ones that bleed on your skin. You serve a God who can break the pain that comes from way back and take you way forward. On the, he says, I speak in schools. It's true, I speak in schools. And guys, to be honest, I get paid well. <laughs> if I was to quit ministry, I'd be doing all right. But for me, the focus is the kingdom. And it's not that I don't go into the schools. I just don't feel like God's telling me to do that. But they are paying me basically to tell the story of how I got molested and overcame. They are paying me to teach girls about abstinence and I didn't practice it. I'm not saying I'm a hypocrite. I didn't know about it because I didn't know Jesus. They are paying me to come in and talk to uh, sixth graders where 30% of them are cutting themselves. I've never cut myself. Why? Because God has doors for you that he's going to open and no man can shut. And the Bible says that she went from being broken to being blessed. And so I want to tell you this, that you will level up when you get your eyes off your own barrenness and onto God's blessing. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what God is doing. Don't look at what is lacking in your life. Go and be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that there's another part where he says, you're going to have a baby and she laughs about it. And the Bible says, well, why did you laugh? I didn't laugh. And he's like, yes, you did. And she goes on to get pregnant. Man, to go from being fruitless to fruitful, that is leveling up. Fruitful is not just coming to church, but bringing somebody with you. Fruitful is not just being able to love somebody, but to love the love unlovable. And God is calling us to be fruitful. And we all want cheat codes to go around the hard things, but the cheat code is the word of God. The cheat code is the word of God. I have a lady that she doesn't have a degree, but she was overseeing like 22 Bell stores and it closed down during COVID. And then she got another job for a gas station. People were like, what, a gas station? 
And after a year, they let her go because they weren't making stuff, so they cut her. And she was thinking, what in the world? It looked like she was going backwards, but she stayed faithful to God. Within a few months after letting her go, they turn around, call her back, hire her for a different position that's higher up. And she now oversees 400 stores with 3,000 employees. I'm telling you, God will give you cheat codes. She didn't even have a degree for that. And she's do I don't have a degree for what I'm doing and I get to speak in universities sometimes. I don't have a degree for counseling, but I'm speaking to counselors. And so I just want you to know that in case you are struggling to level up, God says in Isaiah that he will make the path of the righteous smooth. So here's three things I'm gonna say very fast. Three simple ways that you can change your life and level up. One, you wanna change the angle of your mind. You might wanna change the attitude of your heart and you might wanna change the actions of your life. All three of those things are gonna feel hard because if you have anger, it's hard to turn off. If you have attitude, it feels hard to turn off. But if you will hit any one of these things, if you will hit the angle of your mind, instead of looking at that job like a burden, you say, this is a blessing. I get a chance to show people what I'm capable of and I get paid to do it. It'll change how you look at that job. If you will change the attitude in your heart towards your parents, instead of thinking all they do is wreck my life, you think maybe they're here to keep me from wrecking my life. If you will change any one of these three things, suddenly you're going to see breakthrough. I always tell people, start with your actions. Do you know how many times I have not been able to forgive somebody I thought, but I just kept saying I choose it? I choose it. And I would act in love even though inside I was still knotted up. And guess what happens over time when you act right? Even if you don't feel like being healthy, if you start acting healthy, eat right, do different, doesn't it change you? It you doesn't go, no, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna let you get healthy because you're not thinking about it. You eat a salad, it's gonna be different than eating a donut. So if you wanna change your life, I wanna get you to stand with me right now, please. If you wanna change your life today, and here's why you need to, because there's a breaker anointing on your pastors and there's a breaker anointing on this house. You know what that means? It means that you're gonna see people literally plucked from hell. You're gonna see addicts changed. You're gonna see people struggling with identity issues and sexual issues transformed. Guys, that should get you excited. It means your father is gonna finally come to Jesus. It means your husband is finally going to stop cheating and work on healing the marriage. It means you are gonna be free of years and years of doubt and questions and insecurity. This is the anointing on this house. So we need you to level up because God's coming back and he is looking for a full, healthy church. And so if you're in this house today and you realize, man, I've been satisfied just living down here. I've been satisfied doing things the way I've always done them and I'm ready to change. I don't want to watch this church grow and blow through this city, reaching lost souls and just be a spectator. I want to be right on the front lines, pastor. The enemy is always going to underestimate you, but don't do it to yourself. So here's what I'm asking you. Step out. Don't wait for me to give two or three more sentences. If you know 
I am so needing and ready to level up. Maybe you feel it, but you don't think you'll be able to walk it out. Then change one thing, the action of your life and take a step and start coming. These altars are open. I want you to come up here. I want you to raise your hands and I want you to tell God I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to be used for your glory. I want to be used in every way possible. I want to die poured out. Come on, make room. It's okay. Come. If what's keeping you from coming up here is what you're thinking about right now, you're staying on the wrong level. God is calling you up and he's calling you out. Come on. I want you to start praying in the spirit. I want you to start praying in the spirit. Church, y'all pray, y'all's praying, y'all praying in tongues? You pray in tongues? I need to hear, I need to hear you praying. Because there are people in this room that God is wanting them to literally transform their entire family line. So they have to come up. They have to respond to God. I want you to say right now, God, whatever, say, God, whatever, however, whoever, whenever, I'm yours. God, whatever, however, whoever, whenever, I'm yours. God, take me up. God, move in my life. God, I want to go higher. In Jesus' name. I do want to say this. We're going to come and pray. Pastor, I don't know if you have people to pray and lay hands, but if there's anybody here and you don't even know what I'm talking about, you're like next level. I don't even know if I believe in God yet. You will never get to what you were put on this earth to do without God. And so I need you to come up here so we can introduce you to Jesus. You come up here and you lift your hands and we will start you on a path that will bless your life because God is real. Thank you for joining us, and a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.